This is Conversations on Discipleship with Father Adam Streitenberger from St. Gabriel Catholic Radio and Diocese of Columbus Media. I'm your host, Father Adam Streitenberger. With me today is Kara Day. Um, she works with the youth ministry program there at St. Brendan's. You know, you encountered Christ in um, through Young Life. Yeah. Um, did you? Would you have considered? Was there a point when you were in high school that maybe you were you kind of considered yourself no longer Catholic or had kind of left the faith? Maybe. Yeah, definitely. I think that you know I had met Jesus and had started really reorienting my whole life towards Him. I made. By God's grace, just a lot of things started shifting and moving in my life in those early years of high school so that I could live my life fully for the Lord um, in the best way I knew how at the time as a 16-year-old. And um, But during that, I if someone would have asked me if I was Catholic, I probably would have been like, I don't know, maybe or no, probably not. I, I would have said, I love Jesus. I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, and not because I was upset with the Catholic Church or had any kind of bitterness or anger towards the church. I really just, I had never met a Catholic who knew Jesus. And because I had fallen in love with Jesus, I was just trying to go where I saw other people in love with him and really following him. But by God's grace, I did go to mass for most of high school simply because I worked at a bagel shop where I worked from seven to three. And I knew I needed to go to church on Sunday because I was a Christian. And the only place that has church not on Sunday morning is Catholic mass. So I would, uh. I would go to Catholic mass by myself for most of high school. Um, not because I was convicted of being Catholic, just because I knew I should go to church. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> the um, So... Um, based on that experience, and that mm-hmm. I think that's an interesting insight. It, it's not that you had any problems with the church, mm-hmm. but that you had come to know Christ mm-hmm. and that you really didn't see other people who, yeah. who loved him. We hear all of the, the numbers of people mm-hmm. who have left the faith and everything yeah. like that. And, you know, I think so often when we hear that, and, and there certainly there are statistics that point to this, um, that, well, you know, people disagree with a certain doctrine or that there was a priest who was mean to them or they're scandalized by, you know, the abuse. Um, But really the largest statistical reason is that people just did not find their needs met, you know, and and they went elsewhere. Yeah. And um, do you see that a lot among your peers, you know, young adults that maybe people Mm. who have left the church? It's because... More so that they have found Christ and not um, been reinforced or strengthened in that in the church. Yeah, I think that is super common. I know a lot of you know what you would call fallen away Catholics who are in love with Jesus, who've met Jesus through some Protestant non-denominational Christian ministry, and which is amazing. Praise God. We just wish that that the Catholic Church would be a place where every person who's raised Catholic would encounter the person of Jesus, know the gospel, know, Mm -hmm. you know, that having a personal relationship with Jesus isn't a Protestant thing. Um, I think, yeah, that's pretty common. I've seen that in a lot of friends, even, you know, girls I went to high school with um, that I'm very close with are, were raised Catholic and have since started following Jesus um, outside of the church. I actually think that the reason why belief in the real presence is so low among Mm -hmm. Catholics is that, um, 
I, I wonder how many Catholics act, actually believe in the divinity of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in your, you know, your average homily mm-hmm. or your average even catechesis, mm-hmm. there is not really a kind of a centrality of Christ. Like mm-hmm. if, you, if you meet Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and you know him and he's, you know, like he's entered into your life. Yeah. The Eucharist makes complete sense. Absolutely. And you, you can't live without it. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, you <laughs> Absolutely. know. So it's almost like the reason why people, um, I think, aren't amazed at mm-hmm. the Eucharist is that they're not amazed at Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, and, <laughs> and I think that that is, um, you know, especially, you know, as, as the diocese, as we kind of think about real presence, real future and mm-hmm. these things is... Um, one, you know, the key thing is we want to be centered on Christ. Yeah, absolutely. And if we're centered on Christ, we're going to be centered on the Eucharist because the Eucharist is Christ. Right. You know, um, but we need we need to get to that point of being centered on Christ, mm-hmm. and that's going to solve a lot of our problems because if yep. we are centered on Christ, we're going to be um, feeding people's spiritual hunger. Yep. You know, absolutely. and we're going to be zealous about forming them mm-hmm. as good disciples, and they're not going to drift mm-hmm. um, because they love the Lord but aren't being fed. Yeah. So yeah. there's my little tangent for the... <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's so true. I think that, you know, a pretty easy solution to... Like, if you get people who are in love with Jesus, willing to lay down their life mm-hmm. for the church, it... Well, you know, anything is possible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think because it, you know, when people meet Jesus, it changes things and mm-hmm. it makes, you know, any of these problems or things in the future that we're facing a lot more solvable when <laughs> when there's people working who love Jesus. Now, um, you know, kind of, kind of um, continuing on this, um, so you did... As you said, by the, when they, at eighteen, someone did actually explain to you about the yeah, Eucharist. Yeah. So, um, first of all, what was I mean? What were these questions that you were asking in? Oh, I asked in high school every question imaginable. I used to come <laughs> with a journal full of questions, like page after page full of questions. You know, I feel like some of your basic questions in terms of Protestant Catholic things of like. Um, faith alone, salvation, justification, all of, you know, anything in that realm, things about scripture, the Bible, why do Catholics have more books in the Bible and the Old Testament? What's up with that? Um, Mary, the saints, all of this. I had um, even things about like the mass and yeah, I just, I had a ton of questions, um, but I specifically remember um, I had been meeting up with the youth minister at the time to ask him these questions. And I remember asking him one day, what do you think is the biggest difference between Protestants and Catholics? And he paused for a second and he was like, well, probably the Eucharist. And I kind of like, you know, on the inside, I was like, what is he talking about? But on the outside, I didn't want to seem dumb. So I was like, oh, okay, sure. I just nodded along. But I was confused because I had all these questions and nowhere on that paper was anything about the Eucharist. Like it wasn't on my radar because I had no idea. So I remember a few weeks later, someone explicitly explaining the Eucharist. We believe that it's actually the body and blood of Jesus. And I had no idea. I remember calling my friend who is in Young Life with me, who has also had been raised Catholic and had since fallen away. And I remember being like, 
did you know this? <laughs> like, and she was like, no, I had no idea. And I remember thinking, because at that point, you know, I loved the Bible. So the first part of Mass, the readings, the homily, I was here for it. I was like, okay, I can get behind that. And then I remember thinking, oh, that's why that's the whole second half of Mass. <laughs> like, that makes sense. It's a big deal. <laughs> it's not just like receiving symbolic communion like at my friend's non-denominational churches. Mm. Um, and so it really, yeah, I, you know, and then I, you know, I, ever since hearing that, I had questions about, um, you know, is that true? And I'm, I was in adoration for the first time as an 18-year-old, and it wasn't any big emotional experience or anything, but I was um, in front of Jesus and the Eucharist and the monstrance. I'd never seen, you know, a monstrance before. I was like, what's this weird gold thing? And I... Uh, um, just had this deep sense of knowing that that was the same Jesus that mm. I had been following for the past three years. Like I said, it wasn't any big emotional thing. I just knew that that was the same Jesus that mm. I was in love with. And so that was really a stake in the ground moment of, okay, if this is true, if that's really him, I can't possibly know that and turn my back on him. So I was kind of like, okay, I guess I'm Catholic. And so I still had a lot of questions about the faith, but it was kind of like, okay, I guess I'll figure all of that out as I go, because if that's really him, then Mm -hmm. I'm Catholic. (laughs) Beautiful, beautiful. (laughs) Did you, um, were you involved in Damascus any in high school or? Um, Not in high school, actually. I started, when I started meeting people my senior year, when I started asking all those questions, Uh um, I met some people. That was like one of the first years I think that they had the Damascus property was my senior year. So I did start meeting people and that's what gave me all the confidence of saying, oh my gosh, these are Catholics who love Jesus. Like I had said, I had gone so long without meeting a Catholic who knew Jesus the way that my Young Life friends did. So when I started meeting people from Damascus and um, Adam at St. Brendan's, I um, that was the first time that I was like, okay, I could actually do this. This could be a sustainable lifestyle for me. I'll have friends. There are other Catholics who know Jesus. Um, so not necessarily in high school, but then after high school, I served there as um, a counselor or on medical staff all of my summers of college. So the past several years, I've been um, up at Damascus, but I was never um, like a camper at Catholic East Summer yeah. Camp or anything. Excellent. Um, you also, um, in in college, you were with SPO mm-hmm. as well and lived yeah. in household. Absolutely. What had... Kind of, um, how did, first of all, how did you come to know SPO? Mm, uh, during kind of my conversion back to the church senior year, people knew I was going to Ohio State, started telling me about SPO. So I was very blessed to have it on my radar going into college. But I was still, um, my freshman year of college, went through all of Young Life Leader training. I was still like, I'm going to be a Young Life Leader. I'm going to be a Catholic Young Life Leader and everything. Um, and God just made it really clear. Um, for me, personally in my life, he said, you know, if you are doing ministry outside of the church right now, you're going to be part of the problem, not part of the solution. I need you inside the church. So that's when I was kind of like, okay, mm. I guess I will. That was a really hard thing to kind of set aside the the young life trajectory that I had been on for so long of, you know, working towards being a young life leader and all of this. And instead, um, that was when, you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to apply for Damascus. I'm going to apply to live in SPO household. Um, really start to just two feet in um, with Catholic community, which was a huge blessing in my life because I hadn't had Catholic community up until um, my time with SPO. Excellent. Um, You've been listening to Conversations on Discipleship. I'm your host, Father Adam Streitenberger. With me today has been Kara Day. Until next time, peace and all good. A Diocese of Columbus production in partnership with St. Gabriel Catholic Radio.